0: Welcome back to the show. Uh today we're sitting down with Josh Tyler. That's great. Currently talking about sponsors. We want to be sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee. I'll talk to him about it. Currently sponsored by Kirkland Purified Water. Um it's fresh. It has minerals added for taste. It's wet. That's a little alarming. Adding minerals for taste. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Oh, I can taste the minerals. You know, I'll there's taste them. There's um it's like taste the rainbow taste the minerals. Mhm. Yeah. Um That's good. let's see. What are we going to talk about? I don't even I don't know. Whatever, whatever you want. I This is this
1: is this is your special day. It's my birthday. Today <laughs> is my birthday
0: and it's my party and we're going to talk
1: about something. Yeah. Um I feel like you got like a million things going on. I have a lot going on actually. Quite a few things going on. Um actually this Sunday, I'm leaving to fly back to Guatemala. We're doing a follow-up training course uh, with their Secret Service. We'll be teaching some hand-to-hand combat. Was this the thing that Jeff mm-hmm. went to recently? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I went I went down with Jeff, and we trained their special forces and the Secret Service, doing Sick. some uh, stuff. And then we're going to be going back, and I'll be working with him. Um, he'll be teaching a, a pistol course, because mm-hmm. that's not my wheelhouse. I'm more of the punchy, punchy-chokey kind of.
0: thing Um,
1: so I try to stay in my lane as much as possible well and Jeff Um, knows about shooting so yeah he's he's wielded a few firearms in his day so um (laughs) so yeah that's 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 his thing so you know we've got a good working relationship I've I've worked with ready man for quite some time now and um you know that guy knows his shit away he knows his way around a firearm for sure of all places I met Jeff in Los
0: Angeles at a Mm. shooting course Mm -hmm. like okay a few years ago, him and uh, Evan came out. Yeah. and um, Evan
1: doesn't suck with a pistol either. No. That guy, <laughs> that dude
0: can shoot. No, n- neither of them. Like, uh, it was a two-day course. Um, Evan was pretty much running it. Jeff probably said seven words mm-hmm. in two days. You know, he was just this lingering gorilla of a man back there that I was just, you know, every once in a while you look back, you're <laughs> like, like, oh, what, what is this guy's, th-? you know. But, yeah. You know. He but has that effect of, on people. Well, you know, Jeff's not the least intimidating guy in the world. No. Like, you know, if you were in the bar and it's like, let's pick a guy to fight. Eeny,
1: meeny, miny, mm, pass. Nah, not that guy. Yeah. Not, 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 not yeah. that guy. Not, not today. So, yeah. So, we're we're heading down. Uh, we'll be gone for most of the week doing that. So, that that should be fun. Heck, yeah. um, Is it for, who it is? Secret Service? Secret Service. It is secret. Super secret. Yeah. No, so they're they're their secret service, um, which which is actually really cool. You know, we, we, we got to work with them a little bit and, and like extremely, extremely professional. They they really, you know, really took care of us there. Um very receptive to what we were what we were teaching, even though obviously we don't speak Spanish very well. We had to go through an interpreter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a great time, beautiful country, like really cool people. Yeah. Um. So hopefully it'll be something we can continue and, and go down there and work with them. Because cool. it, it's interesting that, that, you know, Guatemala is kind of our, I don't know, almost the gatekeeper of bad stuff coming into the country. You know, stuff that that wants to get into the U.S. through Mexico it essentially has to go through Guatemala first. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our first line of defense against, you know, uh terrorism or, you know, drug cartel, human trafficking, that sort of thing. Typically is coming. So these guys, it's like super important that we have a good relationship mm-hmm. for them because they're they're kind of the gatekeepers. Yeah. Because right now Mexico is kind of the wild west, you know. Yeah, a little bit. You know. So it's like, well, maybe we don't rely on those guys to to have our back, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, Cause they've got more. They've got bigger fish to fry right now. They got other stuff to worry about aside yeah, from us.
0: You know, Mexico is an interesting place. Like, I don't hate Mexico. I don't have anything against Mexico. Like, I'm down to go down there and have a couple drinks.
1: I say that, but I'm like, Mexico makes me a little nervous. It, it's sketchy right now. I mean, I'll there are places in the world, man, where it's like. You you really have to be super, super vigilant. And I think that that, you know, is a luxury that we take for granted here. Yeah. That you, you really don't have to worry about to, to you know, the same, anywhere near the same degree of like, no. oh man, I woke up in a bathtub and I'm missing a kidney. Like, damn, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. And it's on eBay. Yeah. You know. It's not even getting a high price,
0: which is further insult. I know that
1: that is, that is literally insult to injury.
0: Um... I had a buddy. He was a, um, he worked and had some hand in creating technology that basically like scans cargo crates at the borders. Mm -hmm. And um, so he would go down and basically, you know, work with this company down in Mexico and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. He'd always have like his armed security team when he was down there. But one time he was down there and uh, they had a cargo, like a Connex container that got seized at the border with like 400 million in cash in it you know oh. like not a small amount of cartel cash no i
1: mean but that's typically how you would transport that amount of currency in yeah, a shipping I container mean, i'm sure that was on the up and up totally legit it, it was nothing yeah nothing shady going on at no, all
0: no 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 mm-hmm. and um he's talking to his guards and his guards didn't know who he was they didn't know any background or anything they just know this is the guy we guard yeah and they were telling him, they're like yeah, the cartels are really out for someone like they got this this cargo, you know, seized with all this cash in it. They're like, yeah, the 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 price on that guy's head who's responsible for that's pretty damn high right now. <laughs> My buddy's like, oh, just kind of like huh, Yeah, okay. Not a great time for me to be in Mexico right might now. Might be might be a good
1: opportunity to, to just Yeah, so I'm out. like,
0: you know, Mexico is one of those places that puts me on edge a little yeah. bit, whether right or wrong. Like, I dated a girl in, in uh, El Paso for a while, and it's like, you been in El Paso? No. Not my favorite city. No? Not my favorite city. Because it's like, have you seen Sicario? hmm Yeah, and it's like, that's not that far off. Yeah. It's not that far off. You kind of, like, you're driving on the freeway, and this is the fence, and you're Juarez, and you're just kind of like, huh, yeah, it's right there. It's right there. And it's yeah. pretty wild. And there's wild. bad
1: shit that goes down there. It's like, pretty wild. And and I you know, I think we go through life with these blinders, right? We have this um perception that, you know, since we don't see things happening in our lives, you know, like this, that they can't, right? It's like it doesn't nor- exist. Normalcy bias, right? It's yeah. like, well, this is the status quo, nothing exists outside of that. And and, and people even even when it's right in front of their face sometimes they're oblivious to that and you know it's a very very thin line between civility and savagery right mm-hmm. and people don't realize how razor thin that is oh, yeah. until shit goes south and then you see you know what human nature can devolve into yeah and it's ugly. rapidly it, it's, i mean it's it's it very ugly very yeah. fast um
0: when i travel either i don't care whether it's to mexico or if it's to europe or whatever like if i'm going outside of the us where Mm -hmm. i can't have a gun with me basically the constant reminder i have when i do that is i need to train more hand to hand because it's like when you get in some parts it's like. Yeah, you're going to probably be in, when you're in Mexico, yeah, you're not going to be carrying a gun. No, you I know, mean... When you're in France, UK, whatever, it's like, you're not going to have that on you. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, the UK, it's like, you're not even going to have a knife you. can't even have, you. Knife, yeah. you, even you have can't a knife, yeah. You can't even have a pointy stick. No, nothing, because yeah. it's like, it's the kind of chaotic in London right mm-hmm. now, you know? It's, but it's a constant reminder of like, yes, hand-to-hand, train more hand-to-hand, you know? It's like, actually, let me ask you this, because you're, because you, what is your MMA background
1: Uh, I'm a professional MMA fighter. I've fought in Bellator and across the U.S. and out of the U.S.
0: So where'd you get, which discipline did you start with?
1: Wrestling. So my background was actually wrestling. I wrestled in middle school, high school, and college. And then after my collegiate career, I transitioned into MMA. And there, I, I kind of trained each discipline independently. So I trained Muay Thai, like traditional Muay Thai, I did traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then I did tra- like actual boxing, like Western-style Golden mm-hmm. Gloves boxing. Um, that was actually my first competition, was actually a Golden Gloves tournament back in Virginia, um, because my coaches were, would get super pissed whenever we'd spar, I would just take people down. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great, I, I love it, but we need you to stand there and punch a dude, because there's going to come a day where you're not going to be able to take someone down. Right. It's like, hmm, is there? They're like, yes. Trust us. There, you need to know how to and be comfortable. And even if, sure. even if you don't employ it, the the comfortability of being able there to throw a punch, take a punch. And so the only way to force me to do that was to take it away. Yeah. Every time we would spar with the, if the option was on the table, it's like, fuck this, I'm taking you down. Yeah. I'm not gonna let you punch me in the face. It's khabib. Yeah. Very very khabibish. Yep. But if you look at, I mean. He's he's not helpless on his feet. I mean, he he rocked McGregor. He showed you know what it in I mean. That like fight. he's got he's got some tools there, and that was a big, you know, question mark for me. In that was like, okay, is this guy gonna have enough? Yep, uh, a good enough chin, good enough movement, be able to because you can't just go out there and just instantly take someone down. I don't give a shit how good you are. There has to be some setup. Yeah, you have to play that striking game to some degree. Yeah. And so, so for me, I just wanted to fill in all those gaps. Um, even though, I mean, I have probably thrown seven kicks in my fight career, like in the cage. Like no shit, uh, probably less hmm. than ten in twenty something fights that I've had. Sure. But I, but I but I trained. Yeah. You know, traditional muay thai, like we we like throwing kicks all the time. Throwing kicks all the time, you know. And but because I, I wanted to learn. Each discipline in its entire well not in its entirety but like in its purest form, and then kind of extrapolate each bit that kind of fits to my style and my mentality. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you go to and, and maybe that's a purest, you know, way of looking at it. But a lot of times now with the popularity of the sport, you go to an MMA gym and you're just getting the distilled, watered down interpretation of yeah. that that person's view of what's the most important. But their striking may be you know, um taekwondo. And it may not have it may have very little round kicks and, and you know, Muay Thai or whatever. And so for me, it's like, okay, I, I think these are the three most valuable tools. Let me take them, let me learn them, and then I'll get rid of what doesn't make sense for me. It's like, dude, I'm not gonna throw a head kick. I'm five seven. Yeah. Everyone I fight, yeah. every single person I have fought has been at least, you know, two or three to a foot taller than me. What weight class you in? Now, eh, I'd probably say about 155. Uh, My last fight was at 55. It's been a while. Most of my career I was at 145, but I don't think I'll ever see that. What are
0: you you hovering at now?
1: I'm about a buck 70.
0: So to get to 145, you had to, well, I guess what, you were getting to maybe 155 and then cutting 10 pounds of water?
1: Uh, No, I'd get about 160. So Dude. it'd be about a 15 pound water cut. So, what so I, for me like? at one sixty is, is about as lean as I can like maintain without seeing
0: huge. Yeah, Cause you're lean as shit now. At I'm fat.
1: No, I mean, this is, this is me like grossly out of shape. Like I haven't, I haven't been training for about six months, like other than just hmm. popping in the gym and, and you know what I mean? So like, this is probably the most out of shape that I've been, but you, but I mean, Rob can, can attest. I've, Usually in fighting shape, I'm I, yeah, I'm pretty pretty lean. So it's one of those things where, you know, good bad whatever. It's just you kind of embrace the suck and you just endure a lot of suffering. In hindsight, having now fought, have started out at 155, it was actually upon meeting Donald Cerrone where I was like, yeah, I don't know that I. Will be able to fight professionally at 155 if that's what those dudes are like. Well, he's a pretty tall dude, he's he? yeah, and and he, he's not, and, and that was the trade off. It's like, okay, well, these guys will be tall, but they'll be pretty weak and and kind of spindly, right? Yeah, he's neither of those things, and it's like, okay, me walking <laughs> around, you know, at, at, at that time at about a buck 65, cutting down to 145. I'm gonna or or cutting down to one fifty five. I'm gonna fight this dude who's walking around at a buck ninety, who's Fuck. six foot. I mean I that's was like, a big difference. I, yeah, it was it was a huge difference. I was like, yeah, I don't I I I don't know that, that that's gonna be the most successful route. Yeah. You know, so I so yeah, I yeah. was able to get down to one forty five and I made that for a while, but you know, as we age, as we get older, as we just kinda grow and naturally put on mass, that you know, just became further and further and further of a of a reality to where, mm-hmm. you know, finally it was like, dude, I've been in the sauna for eight fucking hours. Jesus. And and I biked it was uh 33 miles on a bike and I was still half a pound over. Like the only time that I ever missed weight and it was like Okay, man, there's and, – and, and that wasn't from lack of, like, oh, I dieted like shit and, and did whatever. Yeah. It was like, dude, I was super dialed in, you yeah. know, 12-week camp for this for this title fight. And it was like – my body was like, fuck you, dude. We can't do this. Like, and it was at that point I like, okay, man, I'm – I, I da- toyed with the idea. It's like because you get out of that cut and, like, your back locks up. You know, you feel like your kidneys are, you know, in a vice – you're barely coherent. You know, you're anything that comes out of you. Like when you finally do piss, it's the color of like iced tea, orange Gatorade. Basically. No, no, no. It's brown, mm. and it's like I'm probably taking years off my life. And and I was like, literally, literally, yes. And it's like, am I? Is it really? Am I really gaining that much? You know? And and you get in this mindset of like, oh, you've got to be, you've got to cut the most weight. You've got to be the biggest at your weight class, and. That, yeah, there's some advantage to that, but I, but I think that, that skill um, and, and confidence probably ends up trumping that. There's plenty of guys that, that I mean, Frankie Edgar's a, a perfect example. That guy barely cut any weight. You mm-hmm. know, he was undersized. He was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that guy had an insanely successful because he's healthy. career. Because he was healthy. And yeah. that's what I found is when I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to be at a more natural weight You know, and and I still have to cut a little bit for 55, but it's not much. Not that much. Felt so much better, performed way better. You think they'll ever change the weight cut
0: system? Because, I mean, to me, it just goes, there's just so much logic in it. Just bump everyone up a weight class and (coughs) everyone can keep their belt at a new weight class. Like, why aren't they doing
1: that? Well, you got to understand when money is on the line and your career is basically dependent on winning and losing, right? then you, you have to, you're foolish not to, try and give yourself every single advantage you possibly can. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and so, whatever the system is, guys are gonna They're do gonna their best it. to manip- manipulate and game it. Absolutely.
0: But if they, int- uh, who is it? I heard Ben Askren talking about this. Maybe 1FC, that basically they have a, so you've gotta make weight, but you have to pass a hydration test. Mm-hmm. And basically just bumped everyone up to their real weight class, yeah because you couldn't be
1: dehydrated when you weighed in it it, it, it works to an extent um, I, I think that that's probably as good as it's going to get, but there's still ways to to cheat that um, there you know that's very similar to the collegiate system that they would have right. for hydration right where yeah, preseason season yeah. you would come in and they would check your hydration and weigh you and then based off of whatever algorithms and and calculations. You know, it would say, okay, you can only lose this much, you know, in a healthy, you know, timeline. This is the weight class that you can compete in. Yeah. But you still have guys cheating that because the system, it's actually not that hard. Like, Hmm. I'd watch guys, and they'd pee in a cup. They'd run a little sink water in it real quick. And all they're doing is they're looking through um, this basically, it's almost like a kaleidoscope. But basically, you look through, and it has a color gradient. Right, and it says this tinge of yellow is this much, um, it seems like they could fix that so easy. Watch the guy piss, but you got to think I mean <laughs> sure sure, what? sure. I mean they they do then direct it, but now I, there's just so many layers right that it yeah. comes comes down to cost, right yeah. how much was it going to cost the athletic commission, the UFC, whatever the organization is to police all of this stuff and and again, it's not to say that that that's wrong and that it shouldn't be upheld and that we should try and make it as fair and equitable as possible but you know at the end of the day i mean they've they've banned performance enhancing drugs yeah but people are gonna i was going to say people are do what they're allowed to do but really they they're, they're going to do the stuff they're not allowed to do they're going to do what they can get away with yes and and they're actually going to do what they even if they can't get away with it they're going to do well risk versus reward right yeah you know they're 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 going to they're going to balance that out and it's like well i might get caught yeah this is the penalty is the reward worth you know right i mean uh yeah we
0: could uh they could microdose PEDs so they're out of their system by the time they test but they still got the athletic advantage come their title fight whatever i mean it's like you can find all these there's loopholes. a lot of ways around
1: it and and you know there's no there's no simple solution. I mean, I think legalize the drugs.
0: Simple solution. There you
1: go. Done. Done.
0: Done. Juice the fuck out of yourself for all I care. Go nuts. As long as everyone's aware that yes, I will fight that guy and he's juiced up. Cool. As a consumer of your product, oh, the you want to see that? I want to see you that. Definitely want to see. I want that. to see that fight. I want to yeah, see John you know Jones
1: just <laughs> max out every steroid you can get your hands on. Do it, dude. I want to see go you nuts. Juiced up well I'm not opposed to that either honestly um, because with a sport like with a sport like fighting even you know especially with a sport like baseball is is it that advantageous I think I think that there's so much skill timing and precision yeah do you know what I mean it's, what what I would th- yeah. what you would actually get I think is you'd have those guys that would get super geared up right but there's a point point of diminished returns. Right where that's actually counterproductive, mm-hmm. and so you would see the pendulum swing back, and you'd actually what you would probably get is you'd see guys that were very very calculated, and very very like specific with with how they're doing that, and it, it would optimize their performance and it would inc- improve their longevity. So now you get to see this guy who I love watching fight. More now often. I get you know now years. I get to see a few more years out of it.
0: Well, and the recovery would be better. So I might get to see you not only for more years, but in more fights inside of those years. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. About the only thing I can think of to get around it is, uh, yeah, just let them do whatever they want, man.
1: Well, it, I think regardless, I think I think that the cream rises to the top. I think sure. inevitably the best fighters will still be the best fighters. There'll be some disparity somewhere in the middle, right? And that's the hard part where you have you know now. Now you're looking at well, okay. Here's a guy who's super, super talented, but you know he doesn't have the resources to you know because, sure because that shit ain't cheap right. You right, know right. what I mean. And yep. so now it's like well, man. Now the playing field isn't level. But then you could argue well, okay, sure. But this guy with more money has better has has better uh training partners that he can afford better training facility so i mean it's still i don't think you could argue that a lot of different ways yeah
0: you could go the uh did you see icarus Mm -mm. you could go the russia route which is what gets discovered in the documentary it's a a, a guy named brian fogel he's basically he competes in one of the hardest basically if you took all the hardest parts of the tour de france Uh they stack all that into a stage race so he does it And then the next year, he's like, I want to do this basically on the Lance juiced up system to see how much, one, if I can beat the system, Mm -hmm. two, to see how much it improves my time. The irony is it doesn't really improve his time, which was kind of notable, Um, but he basically hires a Russian doctor to Mm -hmm. help him uh, beat the system and teach him how to dope. And it turns out the Russian doctor is the guy, is the not only the head of the Russian anti-doping agency, <laughs> he is the doctor that is running the Russia state-sponsored doping program for all their athletes.
1: That's not a conflict of
0: interest. And, yeah, no, he's both the head of anti-doping <laughs> and he's the head of the doping program. Yeah, yeah, that's literally sponsored and funded by basically Putin and the government and everything. Wow. The documentary is... Fascinating Because they get into is... it in the Olympics, uh, maybe it was four years ago or something, when Russia basically got banned from the Olympics mm-hmm. for doping. It's literally all of this shit plays out real time on a document. It's literally, wow. Th- you're seeing it live, this thing <laughs> blow up. And yeah. I mean, he has to flee the country and everything. It's fucking nuts, dude. That's and I mean, gnarly. It's full Russian KGB mm-hmm. espionage doping. Yeah. It's wild, man. man. So we could adopt a Russia system where we say, hey, just let the feds... Pay for it, and now everyone gets access to the same shit. Good luck having any of that happen, uh, yeah, and I would no. not even suggest that. But it's a pretty fucking. <laughs> it's fun an idea. interesting
1: concept, you know, and 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 it would make for some man, some crazy, crazy. Well, basically, you would go back to like the old school Pride days. Yeah, you basically go back to Pride. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like that. I don't know if that guy is is human exactly. No, he's an he's,
0: experiment. At yeah, point. like
1: like. There may be some some uh mutant powers being being thrown out there I don't know i I'd
0: watch the shit out of it, though. yeah,
1: oh, I'd yeah. watch it not well heartily. and and i think I'd like to think that guys who are serious about it. again you'll have those freaks right um but the guys who are really looking at it at, as a sport as like a a you know competition right as a career and and from the longevity standpoint it's like you know they're, they're going to dial that way, way back because it's just not sustainable. You yeah, know
0: what I mean? no, I mean, you're going to you do can't, some you not
1: You're going to do some serious damage. And yeah. I think, guys, I think we know now, it's not like the 80s where it was just like, fuck it, man, plunge a syringe, go yeah. nuts, right? No, at let's, some let's all,
0: point, it's yeah. going to start to catch up.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think guys realize that. I think coaches realize that. Yeah. And, and I, th- I would like to think, you know, that it would level off, but, man, who the hell knows?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be. I'm. I'm curious to see what happens with the with the sport eventually, but um, we'll see. So you went from MMA. Are you still? Are you gonna fight anymore? No. I, I mean,
1: I, I still toy with the idea. It's been a while. My last fight um, was over a year ago, and and things really really kind of took off from there. You know, because um... you went from that to you had stuff going on with ready man mm-hmm. to their
0: savage gentleman to there was the tv show that i'm excited to hear about uh-huh. i mean there's a lot of there, shit yeah there, yeah quite which a also bit. makes it tough to even find time to train as a professional athlete. and
1: that, and that's essentially where i am right now so the, the whole the whole catalyst of it was you know i came to the realization of hey you know what i'm probably not going to be able to fist fight for the rest of my life That's a pretty much a guarantee yeah hands down there will come a time when i will no longer be able to compete as a cage fighter then what right yep and so that that started you know me down this path of looking of like okay what else well, what can i do you know i've mm-hmm. got a teaching degree <laughs> so i could could fall back on that but have you know fun, the,
0: have fun working right? with eighth graders yeah which,
1: which i've done and and it's not the worst thing in the world but again there's you know, there's 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 kind of a limit to that, right? And it's like, well for me, I, I would like to potentially have the have the ability to go beyond, you know, whatever a, a teaching salary maxes out at, right?
0: Yeah, which you know a lot.
1: It's it's not amazing. So it's like, okay, what what are some options? And and so I just kind of adopted the mindset of like, man, I'm just gonna take every opportunity that comes to me. I don't know what that's gonna be. Gonna see where it goes. I'll I'll see where it goes, yeah. right? And so as as a fighter you know, you don't make a ton of money, so you kind of get in the habit of just doing all these little side things here and there. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and you just make a little extra cash doing stuff. And so I was like, okay, I'll just be open to to things as they come along. And that's where I got introduced to Ready Man and what they were all about, you know, and and, and teaching all this really cool survival preparedness stuff. It's really cool stuff. That, 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 I, that I had always been fascinated with, but I had never encountered anyone who was actually like proficient in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was like, man, that's really cool. I, if you guys do anything like that again i'd love to come and and, and be a part of it and they're yep. like yeah sure we got another thing next weekend if you want to come out okay great so i did that and that was actually a home defense course they were teaching cool. and that was a huge eye-opening thing for me i was like man i never would have thought about if someone broke into my house approaching the situation like that because yeah. most you know red-blooded american males are like hey man you know Lock and load. Here we go. You know what I mean. And it's like someone comes to my house, man. They're gonna get. They're gonna get this. Uh, they're gonna catch this lead, right? Or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean. And, and a it's lot like, of that's
0: lip service.
1: It, it is, but still, you know, your 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 game plan is probably gonna be enact. You know what I mean? Like what your preconceived notion is is gonna reflect. Yeah. Or color like what you're actually going to do. And right. So even if you're so if you're going down that mentality. It's like, ugh, do you really want to get in a gunfight? I mean, and, 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 he, and, and for me, as a fighter, I was like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, you broke into my house? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're gonna catch an assload of birdshot, you know what I mean? Yeah. But deal, working with, with Jeff and Evan and, and the guys over at Ready Man who are SF operators and like super high speed dudes, and they're like, hey man, I've been in gunfights and I'm here to tell you, you don't want to be in gunfights. If for no other reason, the legal
0: shitstorm as a civilian right. that's coming after that, doesn't matter if you were legally justified, you're going to lose your shirt in the lawsuit, lawsuit yeah. for s- them suing well, you for breaking that. their house. Well, and, like, and it,
1: even even if it was completely justified and vindicated, the, the other thing, so I was like, man, well, if these guys are saying that, maybe I should rethink my stance on this because I'm nowhere near qualified to be you know, putting holes in people, Right. right? and if the guys who are saying don't okay maybe there's something to that but then the 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 long term ramifications are the the psychology like the statistics show that in like home invasions and in where someone is shot and killed or even not even killed but shot in a house the divorce rate it's like it's like staggering it's <laughs> like like seventy to ninety percent, it's traumatizing. Instant. So it's like, really, do you want? I mean, dude, you're Billy Badass. Like, okay, cool, man. You got, yeah. you know, you got your hollow points and, and shit loaded yep. up. Yep, you're gonna you're gonna fucking splatter a dude's brains on your in front of
0: your kids and on wife. your
1: wife's you know kitchen right. table and into into the china cabinet. Yep. What are the long term repercussions of that, right? And so that the the takeaway was like. Don't unless there's nothing in your house. Unless that's no worth, choice left. Well, it was so like the lesson was, hey, get accountability because the only thing that really matters are your family, right? So you need to have a contingency plan to like, okay, wife's, you know, uh, I, I'm in the I'm in the study, wife's asleep in the bed, and you know, daughter is here and, and son's downstairs. So, okay, I gotta find a way, I gotta get everybody, and we gotta just get the hell out, right? Call the cops, get out of there, don't get in the gunfight. And and that was like such a profound, you know, stance on it. I was like, man, I was absolutely hooked. I was like, dude, I'll, I'll, I'm buying it. I'll buy whatever you're selling because mm-hmm. you guys know some shit about some shit that I have no clue about. So yep. that so I was like, hey, I mean, I, I told I told Evan and Jeff that day. I was like, look, I don't any any I don't know what I can contribute, but I I, I want in. Like, yeah. how can I help? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, I mean, man, we got an office down here you know come by and that was actually when when black rifle and ready man were still in the same same building building, and and kind of the same it was like six dudes yeah and so they're like that's when i met
0: jeff and yeah i mean evan was at the course um literally like hey you guys want stickers for my new company and i was (laughs) i was like you know i mean
1: keep on this is three four years
0: ago yeah this is not long compared to where those guys are at now yeah
1: well it's a it's crazy just the timeline right because like you know, three to four years in a company isn't that Nothing. big of a deal, right? Nothing. But from where where they were to where things are now, you know, it, it may, that's like that's like a 20 years at most places, right? Yeah. So I show up and I'm just like, like, hey, anything I can do? And they're like, hey, can you put a gym together for us? <laughs> yeah. So I build out a little gym and then they're like, hey, could you put us through some workouts? Yep, yeah, sure as hell can. So we did like team group workouts, we filmed it. And they're like, hey, do you know anything about editing? Not really, other than just like kind of dicking around. Like, well, you know, go read up on some stuff. Pick, you know, uh, Logan was one of the guys. Yeah. He's still there now. Um, Vince was another guy. And I would just like sit there and, and just pester the piss out of them. Like, hey, how do I do this? How do, do that? And then kind of just learn through osmosis and then taught myself some video editing. And that kind of spurred to where I'm like, Hey, I'm I'm here like 20 hours a week now, and, and giving you guys videos. Can can I get paid? Do you think? And they're like, well, no, 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 something. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, no problem. You know, and then that continued to grow, and as I got better and better, my responsibilities grew, and so that was kind of the tie-in with Ready Man, and then Savage Gentlemen was kind of an offshoot of Ready Man, and so that's where bringing this thing full circle. That was a long way. Um, i I like, okay, here's something that I can actually do long term. I can still train. I can still fight. I can still compete. But I have this other skill set now that actually they they kind of Mm complement each other a little bit where it's like, hey, I can promote myself as a fighter because now I have the capability to create my own content because we know content is king, right? I mean, that's the way way of the world now. If you want to be successful, you have to be engaged in social media and you have to be creating content. Well, guess what? it ain't cheap to hire somebody to do that. So if you can do it yourself, it's yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward, working with Running Man, honing my craft, learning this stuff and learning the s- skills, you know, again, picking Jeff's brain and, and and Evan and all these other guys that have this wealth of knowledge of survival and preparedness and just badassery. Then then the notion of savage gentlemen comes along and that was something that I was like, there's something something to this I think there's huge possibility. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I can only contribute so much to Ready Man. You know, there's really not a lot I can bring to the table for Black Rifle, but this, this Savage Gentleman idea, man, I think I could take that and, and run with it and really grow it. And so that's, that's kind of what I did is I, you know, this, this idea, it basically was just, you know, kind of a, an just a side project, just like a slight divergence of Ready Man. It's like. I mean, I'm going to sink my teeth in this thing and see, like, how far can we push this? And, you know, in about a year's time, um, we essentially have turned it into a company now. And now it's its own entity that we're continuing to grow. You know, we're making our own leather goods and selling that. We're doing content to help basically kind of guide people to become either more savage or more gentleman. So it's like this uh, yin and yang kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, I mean... We 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 live in a world where people tend to be on one side of the spectrum or the other, and never really give their toe. This. Yeah,
0: it's like you're either full. Like, I moved here from Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like.
1: A lot of savages out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> No, like sorry, savage. sorry, LA people, but <laughs> so like savage.
0: But you know, I, I mean, and on top of that, I lived in the little tech community. It was oh, like yeah. Silicon Beach, is what they call it. You know, so I mean, it's nothing but like kids that work for Google and Facebook and shit like that. And I'm just like, I'm probably the only person in this town that owns a gun in in <laughs> yeah. Playa Vista, California. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, so it's like, don't go full. La pussy, right. but don't go full savage where it's like you're. I, I can't even take you to a dinner. Or you're going you're to gonna prison. Embarrass me.
1: You're going to get locked up in jail because you just don't know how to operate in society. You gotta, you you're gonna like, find
0: some middle yeah, ground here. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and, so and that's what you guys are kind of that's, representing.
1: That's the idea, right? And I mean, again, we got to keep the lights on and and. So it's like okay, well how do you monetize that? Cuz this is an it's a grand idea, right? How do you monetize Monetization it? Monetization is tough. I mean, well,
0: it's it's the it, I mean it's it's the million dollar question of like, mm-hmm. I got an idea, how do I make money at
1: it? Right. Right. Yeah. How do I how can I take this really cool notion, right? Yep. And for me, it's like okay, well what if what if we can be kind of the the you know, the lighthouse that kind of brings everybody in together and and just introduces them to cool stuff mm-hmm. that would accommodate someone who can appreciate being both a savage and a gentleman right what what are what are products that would appeal to both right and then of those products that exist which ones can we obviously make ourselves mm-hmm. you know because it's one thing to curate stuff and sell it but you're never yeah. going to be as successful and have the you know the the capacity for growth yep than if you're making something producing it yourself and that's where my my business partner is is really really good. I mean, he's a he's a manufacturer by trade. Cool. So it's like, okay, what what medium, right? And it's like, well, what is both savage and gentleman at the same time?
0: I mean, It's obvious because it's literally in my face, but I have to at least lump beards into the conversation.
1: Beards are there. And I was
0: with you until like two weeks ago when I decided to get like a fucking gay porn mustache. It's it's,
1: it's working for you, man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep growing it. Are you just the uh, sash?
0: I don't know, I'm debating. I, I have many friends who are not a fan, basically every friend not a fan of
1: it. Everyone needs to every if you can grow facial hair, everyone needs to have like a dedicated like mustache season. You don't have to go like the rest of your life with it. No. But but at some Two, point three months. you just need to go all in. Yeah. You need to say fuck it, I'm going to rock this stash and just go for it.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Some of the like soccer moms in the gym definitely like,
1: you know, they Whoa. do
0: it over their shoulder like yeah. fuck get, fuck out of here. But They'll get over it, you know. Yeah. And right. and
1: again, at any point, you can shave it off, but it's like, commit to it, man. Rock the stash. Just because you never know that every once in a while, man, you get this one unicorn that it's like, dude, you you cannot not have a mustache. Yep. Like, holy shit. Now that you have a mustache, like, you're, I mean, could you imagine fucking Tom Selleck without a mustache? Oh, forget. I mean, like, I don't. Burt Reynolds? Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Burt no If you chance, don't have your mustache. Right? So it's like, but how, what if they never, what if they never took that chance?
0: They got to get the opportunity to see what you, I know I'm what not a lifetime. What would the world,
1: what would the world be missing out? But you don't know what you don't know, Yeah. Right? And
0: I know that I'm not a lifetime mustache guy. I know that. I've identified that already in the in the last couple of weeks. But it's a season of life. Embrace yeah. it, roll mm-hmm. with it. You roll know, with it. it's yeah. like, uh, it's like when uh, every dude goes through their Asian phase. Just fucking embrace it, man. It's like six months of your life. You know, you got your next 80 years. Embrace the Asian phase for maybe a year. Mine lasted for
1: like two dates. It was quick. There you go. You know? Yeah, but not you, enough curves. But, but you you have to you have to you have to know. You gotta right? embrace you gotta it. You gotta know. You gotta embrace it. At some
0: it. point you gotta jump on Filipino tender and just say, Let's just see where this goes. And next thing you know, you're getting a fucking K one visa for someone. This is fi- asking for a friend. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, I mean yeah, yeah.
1: hypothetically speaking, this would be the you know, pure pure theory here, yeah. But yeah. anyway, we went down a detour. No, there. that's okay. So so yes, obviously beards. The hard part about beard and beard care, which we do, which we do provide, right? Because that is an aspect of it. It's so saturated, and it, and it's almost become it's almost become cliche at this point, where it's like, man, to to get your foot in the door in that and be successful, like like to me, I I don't think that that is. Is the ideal like, at least me personally? It's so limiting, right? It's like yeah. yes, that can be an aspect of it, but like I, I don't think that we're gonna hang our hat on that. So yeah. for us, the medium that we that we decided upon was was leather, right? Mm. Because leather is obviously very primitive. You, very see, you literally here unprompted the reaction I had when you said leather. I go, mm. Mm. like Dude, fucking leather. Yeah, what you know what I mean? So it so it's this it's this very like primitive, you know, material, yep. and yet at the same time, it's super classy and super and refined and sophisticated, right? So it's like, okay, I, I, you know, it, it, it basically embodies both of those aspects. It's oh like, yeah. all right, let's, what can we do with leather, right? Well, Whew, what can we make? And so lot. that's where we started experimenting and, and you know, what well, we've started, we started off with um, actually a notebook cover. Um, okay. And then, and then it expanded that into wallets, and then we just continue to grow. Like, you know, improving the design, improving, you know, playing around with. I mean, you know, as you go down the rabbit hole, you find that that well, not all leather is created equal. No, right? There's there's different kinds, different ways that they tan it. I mean, there's so much to it and it's like man it actually became really really cool and now yep. here's this tangible physical product that we're making ourselves by hand which is like super super rewarding yep. that kind of goes back to again the notion of savage gentleman where as as humans not even just men but as humans we have these different facets of our lives right we have this you know the savage side but we also have a a gentleman a creative side and we have these things that typically we a lot of things that we enjoy, but we kind of get fixated on this one thing and everything else falls down the wayside. And we go we go through life letting these all this stuff fall away and we realize like, man, why, why do I feel like shit? Like you know, what's missing? And then you go back because I've done this plenty of times and I go back and it's like, what have I made lately? What have I created? Like what sure. am I physic what have I built with my hands? You know, because doing video editing, right? It, it's all digital, yeah. And it's and it's out there. You know what I mean? It's a finished product, but it, it exists in this right? cyber land. You yeah, can't touch it. and so it's 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 almost it's not real. But then it's like, hey, you go out and you you make some repairs, or you you know you you, you work on your car, you replace the alternator, you you build a birdhouse, whatever it is. Yeah. Like there's there's some satisfaction to that for sure. and and and, and I think that it kind of draws back to like. Hey, let's, let's, let's make some stuff. So, yep. I've had the same leather wallet
0: since 2012, right? Oh, and wow. it's starting to get kind of discolored yeah. and awesome and everything. I got it fucking Switzerland, so it's got mm-hmm. a story behind it and yep. everything. But when I see guys make fun of my leather wallet, right? And I see them what? pull out their fucking cool guy Velcro tactical uh, wallet, and I'm
1: like, I'm a, are you fucking kidding me? I have a hard time. Get with out that. of here. I mean, there, there are people that love them or that you've got like the really hard case metallic ones. And, like super, super high speed. Not interesting man that, that, that's not my style you know and and truthfully if that if that is if that is what you're into then i i don't know that, that savage gentleman is for you and that's okay it's just you know what it i is. mean yeah it is, you know it's people people like what they like and that's fine and if and if you're not digging our stuff then... That's fine, man. Yeah. There's plenty of other shit. Not gonna shit. be butthurt can, over. It. Yeah, I mean, you can go. You can go to Walmart and get a five dollar Velcro wallet. I like, don't mm. give a shit. I'm offended
0: at your taste <laughs> in How life. How
1: dare you? Yeah. yeah. So this is actually like this is the first. This is the prototype that I've been carrying around. So this is a. This is actually this is a. notebook I'm a not gonna notebook. go through your wallet, but. it's a notebook cover that I actually use as my wallet. We actually redesigned it. So now that now we have. Um, so now we've got slots where you can put cards in, mm. but I've got, I've got notes in here and then I've got my passport in it. And then Just I've Just in got, case
0: you got to bail out of the country at any moment. You know,
1: moment. man. I mean, I'm a. You never know. Something yeah, shit goes you down. Gotta go. but it's to Head like, to Columbia. It's like, man, I've, I've had this thing for about a year now and it's like the patina on it. It gets better. It does. It gets better. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things that I like about leather is it's, you know, it, it's, it's rustic. Yep. And it, but, and it's timeless. as well. So anyway, that, that was, (laughs) that was the savage gentleman kind of rabbit hole there. Um, but that was again, spurred upon spurred on by the idea of, Hey, I gotta, I need, I need something to fall back on. And Mm -hmm. like, what better than, you know, using the skills that I've acquired to try and build up this thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then that, that opportunity led me to the TV show, um, where we were out, doing survival stuff up in British Columbia. Whew, so you're uh, in a that rough was, environment.
0: Oh, it's super sucked. Yeah. Was, what time of was year is this? Dumb. This is fairly recent, right? Uh,
1: it was actually this time of year, but a year ago. So it was like October of Did last year. Did the show year. come out yet? Yes.
0: Oh, well, fucking shit. What this you what's doing with the, your life? What's this show? So it, I've been it, sitting here since we've been talking about doing this. I'm like, I can't wait to see the show when it comes it's on. It's there. It's... Well, it's, it's well, fuck. Yeah, there's okay, like so, episodes. Yeah. So well,
1: it, it's interesting. It's called... Ultimate Ninja Challenge, which I think for a lot of people they're like, what?
0: American Ninja Warrior. That's what, that's what comes you, to mind.
1: that's what you typically envision, right? Yeah. So if, if if that's what you're tuning in for, you're going to be woefully disappointed because there are no obstacle courses. Um, I, what I would, what I would liken it to would be you're familiar with Karate Kid, right? Goddamn right! I'm familiar with Gradius. Obviously. Here. Okay, so imagine, if you will, that that uh, Mr. Miyagi was going to train a group of instead of one Daniel son, right? He had a, he had a group of people that that came to him and were like, hey, uh, teach us how to be ninjas. And he's like, okay, cool. Go up to British Columbia, mm. and I'm going to give you these random tasks, these missions that have nothing to do really with like ninja skills that we would typically associate them with, right? Um, And so you're there and you're like, why am I doing, this doesn't make sense. Uh It doesn't make sense from a survival standpoint. Uh And I'm not sure where the ninja thing ties in. And what we came to realize over the course of the show was, you know, survival was an integral part to being a ninja, Mm -hmm. because basically these guys are special operators of their time, and you can't just hop on a plane and go and and get, you know, infilled somewhere and and do your ops and then get extracted. Doesn't work. You gotta walk your happy ass over however many miles to the next um, Shogun's area, Mm -hmm. and you gotta... You know you got to off a few
0: dudes and and way, it's gonna gonna a long and it 's going to take you two
1: lot. weeks to get there you 're going to have to survive yeah so you know, British Columbia is actually very similar in climate to um, Japan and the area where these guys yeah. were doing their stuff so that 's why that 's why we we were filming up there, and so we 're going through as a twenty four day challenge basically and and it was it was kind of self-selection right so it's like everyone showed up there not knowing exactly what we're getting into so we kind of knew like ah, there's some ninja stuff there's a there's a loose premise Hmm. and um you know and, and then there's going to be some survival so like okay i mean i've been studying survival for for the past several years now with with ready man and i've learned some skills and you yep. know i've accumulated all this gear dude i'm gonna be set so I show up with all my stuff right i i pull some strings with some connections that i know to get hooked up with some badass gear i'm like dude i'm golden yep. i get there day one and they're they're they go through and they they're like hey show, so show us what you brought hey yeah I've got this and like oh man that's really cool and I got this and this and this like that's awesome okay cool so they go out and they come back with a bag and they're like okay so this is what you get to use we're going to take all (laughs) your stuff and we're just going to hang on to that Uh, and I was uh. like are you fucking kidding me and I'm going through and I'm looking at this stuff and and I'm pretty sure they just went to the local Target and got and got some outdoor you know clothing Mm. stuffed it in a bag and said here you go good time Man, I was on fire. Because, you know, especially in the cold, like, you know, in, in the weather, like, so much of your survival, survivability is depending on your gear. You oh, yeah. know what I mean? There's only so much temperature we can be exposed to, right? Yeah. What so was if, the temp up there? Uh, we, we started off, it was pretty mild. And by the end of it, we were hovering just above freezing. Mm. Like, there were, there were a couple of days where it dropped below, you know, at night. But it rained... It's real cold at night. It's it, super like, cold it, at you night.
0: Might, you might go, if you live in a climate in the mountains, like, yeah, you know, whatever. 30 degrees isn't that bad. Try when you're sleeping and you're not moving, uh, see how 30 degrees feels. It feels uh, like about
1: minus 50. Tell me, tell me how 34 degrees feels when it's raining Ooh. nonstop. It's
0: just basically hypothermic.
1: Oh, dude, it was, it was borderline the entire time. And that, that was obviously the part of the challenge. Psychological. The and that was, and that was actually more, more to it than anything, right? It, it, apart from the survival component, apart from you know, kind of replicating some of the the tasks and missions and and things that, that Ninja would have had to have done, the, at the crux of it was this like very very difficult challenge that all these different people came together to to put themselves willingly through, and kind of see who and what came out at the other end. Mm-hmm. That was really, for me, that was that was way more what it was about. And that was something that I realized early on. And I think it took some of the other people a little bit longer to kind of catch up. They're like, hey, this isn't about, you know, this isn't about, like, pretending to be a ninja. This isn't about, like, doing, like, full-on survival stuff. You know, because if you, for example, right, if you were in a survival scenario, much like you would do on the show alone like you see these people they go out they have their gear with them they find a spot they build their shelter right and then that's their hub Mm -hmm. and they go and they continue to prove upon and they hunt and they fish and they gather food and they do what they need to and they just keep making that place better and better and better and better right well for us we'd spend we'd we'd have about a, a three or four day mission where we we had dropped off kicked out of a helicopter or, you know, they, they took us to a remote island with, like, no actual natural water source of fresh water. Oh, that's fun. They said, good luck, no real direction. We'd get a scroll with, like, some very ambiguous, like, Mr. Miyagi-esque, you know, paint the fence. And you're like, what does painting the fence have to do with being a ninja, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's literally yeah, what yeah, yeah. we it's like, this, this doesn't make sense. And and so we'd go there and we'd have and we didn't know we never knew how long it was gonna be. It wasn't like, mm. hey, go out here, you know, three days. We're gonna come back and pick you up. It was like, here's a scroll. Um, you gotta find water. And then what?
0: Yeah, you're getting pieces of the puzzle. And, and
1: then the- and I mean, there was no and then what. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, first things first. Let's go. Let's find a place to make a shelter. Right. Okay. Cool okay now let's see if we can let's see what we can do about water oh we're surrounded by salt water and it's i mean we're on an island in in you know in the bay there it's like um oh okay well we can collect rainwater. maybe all right we'll try that and 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 so you know we go through this process right um while someone's doing that someone else is making a fire because it sucks and it's cold right so how that's many people important.
0: were on the team
1: so um, we started off with nine. Um, oh,
0: so people get weeded out. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: just just on their own accord. Right. Like if there they was drop, no. Basically. Yeah. When they decide, hey, this sucks. I'm out. Right. How many have you finished? Well, it kind of gives it away. Balance. I mean, for the people for the people who do want to watch it, point, like good point. Good point. Um. So, but but I mean, people did like say, you know what, man, I'm 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 done. I'm out of here. I mean, yeah. there was. Obviously, with, with those conditions, it's just like, yeah, this super sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we would get we would get paired up in, in groups of, you know, three to four, depending on how the numbers broke down. And then we essentially would work together to basically not die for the duration and complete whatever the task was set before us. <sighs> and so you're just sitting there and it's like, you know, okay, we figured out, hey, some of these tidal pools are actually mostly fresh water, that filled up with rain. So they're above They're above the water line. So these pockets that are super scummy and have little stuff floating and wiggling in it, that's fresh water. The ones that look pristine just, and are crystal clear are salty as shit and you'll die if you drink that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool, let's take that. I'll fill it up in a bag, I'll hump it over to camp. We'll boil it, we'll filter it, we'll drink it. Hey, we found water. And? Produ- producer? Anyone? Yeah. Uh, water? No? Uh, okay, well I guess we'll be here another day. Yeah. So you guys were pretty blind. Super blind, and that was yeah. and that was the hardest part. One of the hardest parts was just never knowing, right? But it, obviously that lended it to the challenge. If you knew, hey, in three days, we're gonna come pick you up, right? Yeah, mentally you're good. Like, I just gotta get to day three. All I gotta do is get through, yeah. you know, day three. And that's where you could kind of approach that. You're like, okay it's you know day three i've got 21 days left but that's such a long timeline that it's not really realistic and you you start to lose track you know what i mean with no real way i mean we we had canteens that we were like you know like like guys in in prison Prison. do where they're scratching off the days but even still are like wait is this is it day five or day six? Well, what do you have? Well, I have day six. Well, she has day five. That'll fuck with you. Dude. Oh, man. it was So it was all these mental games, right? And then you have the interpersonal drama of, like, everyone working through their shit. Because we all showed up with whatever issues, right, that, that, that led us to this place that, for whatever reason, we wanted to prove something to ourselves or to someone else or... Whatever. So now you've got all these people with this different dynamic trying to work together. And and everyone is coming from either a martial arts or like a military or a survival background. Yep. Um so now you've got a lot of type A individuals oh, yeah. coming together. And so that's always fun. That that made it interesting, but oddly enough, we, we for the most part everyone got along fairly well. We realized that it it was far better to figure out how to work together. You know, their strength in numbers, right? Whoever whoever has that idea that like, fuck it, man, when things go south, I'm just gonna lone wolf it up in the woods, and, yeah, and there's no chance. No, you might make it a week. Yeah, but it's like Good. it's like we we are not designed to to survive long no. by ourselves. No, we're a tribal people. Yeah, know you, you have to we have we a group, like hands down. And we found that out, and so it's like, okay, man, well, whatever whatever differences we may have. This works a hell of a lot better if I can be fishing, you're gathering firewood, and she's over here picking berries, yep. right? As opposed to, hey, I gotta do all of those things by myself. It just, man, it, it, it just, you know.
0: It's much like running a business. You cannot do it can't. all yourself.
1: Yeah, you, you gotta find people, you know, and you gotta find, and sometimes you gotta work with what you got, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, total, So I mean, budget are the, people, and, and, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And so so for me there was like re- some really cool like you know introspection that took place because obviously when you're out there getting your ass kicked by mother nature for close to a month you can't not learn learn some mm-hmm. stuff about yourself yep. um and and so man, it was a really really cool experience got to meet some really cool people that that you know I'm still still in contact with now I still you know we still work together on projects Brand. and do stuff so I mean it was a great opportunity you know, all around, and 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 who knows? I mean, having done that, I don't know that I would want to do that experience again. But the you know the, the the TV show notion, you know, especially as it pertains to kind of the survival outdoorsy stuff, I think would be a really cool gig. Yeah, it's something that that I'd be more than happy to do. So that you know that that could be something. again, another door that potentially open that it's like, yeah. hey, let's pursue it and let's see what's happened. You know, let's see where we can take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? For so sure. that's. That's kind of the crux of of the show. And it's just all these little things, you know what I mean? And in the midst of that, I, I had a little boy. Um,
0: as if you didn't have enough going. Now, yeah, you, have, so, now you have a human so being. So
1: now I've got a six-month-old baby that I, that I um, watch full-time as I, I – I wouldn't say I'm a stay-at-home dad because I bring him to work with me and still do all my stuff. But I'm like, you know, my, my wife works full-time, and then I work full-time, well, as much as one can work with a – Six-month-old. six, year, uh, six month old. I get it. Um, and then, we, you know, we've got a daughter as well. So it's massive chaos. Um, and <laughs> to, to answer your, your question from, like, an hour ago, right now the prospect of fighting with so many things is, like, a stretch. It's pretty, it's pretty far-fetched. I mean, the right opportunity, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think the first... I think the first step for me would just be getting back into competition mm-hmm. in general, starting, you know, biting off something a little bit smaller, yeah. you know, maybe doing a grappling tournament or something like that. I think that would be more realistic. That would give me, you know, the reason to really get my ass in gear and, and dedicate time to training because I'm, I'm literally going in like maybe twice a month. Like, hey, the kids are asleep. You're good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to run out. You know what I mean? Yep, I'm gonna, I'm minutes, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go meet up with the boys and we'll get some training in. Or best case scenario, uh, well, that's best case scenario. And then second best is like everything's manageable. Okay, I'm gonna go out in the garage and swing the kettlebell a little bit. You know, and it, you do what you got to do. Again, you're talking about seasons, right? Yep. Whether it be mustache or you know dad bod,
0: They're right? Just the same way. You know, like
1: are. there's times where we're operating at our peak and we're we're fucking crushing it. But for me, it's like well between the two, what's gonna put food on my table reliably right now. Uh, you got a family, you gotta look at it. Going for out and, and fighting this, yeah. and training with no real guarantee where it's like, okay, man, I can put I can put three months of training in and I may or may not get a fight. I may or may not win that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that and, and the pay Might you be know
0: dog shit either way. Will
1: probably almost guaranteed be dog shit. Yeah. Unless unless you're at, you know, the real, you know, at, at the at the highest levels. Yeah. It's like Or, or just, just hear me out. Crazy thought. I could take the, you know, I can, I can work part time for a company, right. That, that, you know, that I, that I'm comfortable with, that I've got a great relationship with. And then I can dedicate the rest of that time to to build my own thing, to have that, you know, as a, as, as hopefully a long-term solution and have, you know, so that's, that's my strategy. And you know, I haven't completely ruled out the idea of fighting, and, I, and I, honestly, I don't know that I ever will. Though I'll probably be 60 years old, sitting and, and turning on and watching fights, and looking at it and like, you know, maybe, maybe, man, if they had a, if they had a like an, an old dudes league, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not crazy. I mean, look at Bellator; they're bringing in all kinds of, it's you know older, what I mean? they got some older gentlemen They than They do. They have days. guys that are, you know probably should have retired,
0: but hey they got a payday again, so I can't can't hate on them. I mean, it. I'm not gonna fault them. I mean nah, I mean I if mean, jail can get paid, go go do your thing, bro. Yeah,
1: well know. and the thing is, I mean, people are gonna tune in to watch it. So as long I as did. there's as long as there's a market for it, then it's like Yeah. But the hard part with that is, and that's what I realized, was like, man, I don't wanna be I don't want to be locked into this thing and be forced to fight when I shouldn't be fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that I, I, I've seen that, you know, I've seen that in a lot of fighters and a lot of guys that I respect and really looked up to. And it's like, dude, why? You know, and these are guys that, that have nothing left to prove in the right, sport, right, right. essentially. You know I mean? They've done as much as they need to and it's like, they, you know, for whatever reason, either they don't have a contingency plan or they're just still chasing that high, right? And it's like they're competing when, yeah. when you know, when it's not advantageous for them whatsoever, you know? And then, now you've got this guy who's been been at the peak, right, takes a shitty fight, ends up losing, and now there's nothing more motivating and more nerve-wracking than to be, just be sitting on a loss. Yep. Nothing else in the world matters than immediately getting back on that horse and and vindicating that win somehow, whether that's a rematch against that opponent or it's just getting back in the W column, it's like, I, I mean, I, I've been there, and it's like it's all-consuming. Yep. So I understand where those guys are coming from, and it's like sometimes you got to hang up the Spurs. Sometimes so. you sometimes you have to, and it's like ideally, you go out on top. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you can. We don't yep. always have that luxury, right? No, no. But it's like, and 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 for me. You know, if I fight again, then you know that won't be determined necessarily on wins or loss. I think I think there's other circumstances. I like to think that I've kind of evolved more beyond that. Where now I'm not looking at fighting. One, I'm not looking at fighting as a career because now I have something else that could be Mm -hmm. a career. Now I'm looking at fighting as like this is this is like a a personal growth and development. You know what I mean? So so at that point, it's like well, obviously, I want to win. And I'm gonna do everything that I can to win, but it's like the fight itself is is more important. Like, how did I perform in that fight? You know what I mean? Was mm-hmm. that my best representation? Right, right, right. You know, whether or not that was good enough to get my hand raised, you know, trying to dis- disassociate that.
0: Yeah, no, I get it, and it's tough from an ego perspective. But it's
1: super hard. Well, you know, working with guys, one of the one of the things, if you want us to wrap, we can. I would, um, I can go forever. Oh, we'll, 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 um, we'll get there. We'll okay. Get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, w- one, one of the things like working with, with younger fighters that I've, you know, kind of from my own realization have imparted, was like guys super, get, they're backstage, you're getting ready for fighting. They're super nervous. Like you can tell because you are, you know what I mean? You've been there, you know what it feels like. And you can tell by the look on that guy's face and the fact that he can't sit still and that he wants to warm up for an hour straight. They're like, Hey man. It's gonna be okay, relax, tone it down. And like, yeah, but I, I can't because da da da, da. Okay. Let's, let Okay, let's, let's do a thought experiment, okay? If this fight, win, lose, or draw, you got paid the same amount, didn't matter, and at the end of it, no matter what happened, both of you got your hands raised, and it didn't go on your win, or loss, or draw, it just was dill, you got paid guaranteed, and how nervous would you be for that? A lot less. None. It's I mean, basically a
0: sparring session.
1: Right. Well and, and, and it's like, you know, case in point, how nervous are you when you step into the gym to come spar? I don't know. Arguably, I spar, but arguably not much. I mean what, once once you've gotten over the hump. It's like none. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah, the, the first 6 months where you don't know what you're doing, you might be a little bit nervous, you know, there's this guy, he's scary, he might take my head off because I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. Right? But once you once you're established and you've been there and you're you've been there long enough that you've actually gotten to the point where now you're fighting and you're competing, it's like you don't you're never nervous to go in and train. You don't give a shit. You throw on yeah. your gloves, you do whatever and whatever happens happens, right? And so being able to look at it, it's like okay, so why why am I so been out of shape? for this, because there's no real difference, there's no discernible difference, you know, a little bit of intensity, mm-hmm. right? Um, the probability of, you know, a higher probability of getting injured, but for most fighters, no one gives a shit about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one goes in the fight like, gee, I hope I don't get a black right, eye. Right, right, right. You don't You know what I mean? Like if you're in the sport of fighting, you don't Happens. give a shit. Yeah. You're just like collateral damage, right? Um, so then it's like, okay, well the thing that I, the only thing that is actually, concerning me and giving me all this anxiety is whether I'm getting a check in the W or the L. At the end of the day, that is where all the anxiety is coming from. Because you know no matter what your performance looked like, if, if you both got your hand raised, you wouldn't care. You would just go out there and let the chips fall where they may, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have one shred of, of anxiety about it. So if you realize that, then it's like, well, okay. What I mean—that's just a a, a a number on a piece of paper. I mean, if we really look at sure. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's 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 you know x amount of wins against x amount of losses. Now, granted, there is some weight to that because yeah, it kind of, it, yeah. it colors it will color your career, right? And obviously that dictates how much money you would make. Sure. But again, like kind of trying to disassociate that and realize that. Okay, but those are those are just band-made constraints. Really, but what am I really doing? I'm really I'm stepping in a cage with another guy that has the same hopes and dreams that I have, that is roughly of the same caliber and and you know, amount of training and the same size or whatever, and we're going to we're going to, you know, execute our game plan to the best of our ability and we're going to see what happens. Mhm. And, and and really at its simplest form, that's all it is. You know, we add all this other pressure. Well, what's, you know, what are my kids going to think? What are the fans going to think? You know, are people going to think I'm a pussy if I get, you know, if this guy knocks me out? Like, and, and and for me, what I've realized is, and this was very freeing, no one fucking cares. No, we, we build up this world around ourselves that like everyone's watching and scrutinizing, right? Because we have Facebook followers and Instagram followers and people like and they comment. And it's like there's 7 billion people on this planet.
0: Yeah. You're no big deal.
1: The 6,000 that are following you on Facebook mean nothing. It means nothing in the grand scheme of the cosmos, right? And so when you when when you can strip all that shit away and you just like, okay, this is me showing up with with, you know, what God gave me and the work that I've put in to perfect my craft against someone else. Let's see what happens. Yep. If if you can figure that out, I think you can, you know, you still can't eliminate the nerves. I, I don't think that you can ever just completely remove that because there's you always... The
0: nerves, you're pretty much just a psychopath at that point. I mean, I, it's like yeah. serial killers that are numb to killing people. It's like, well, you probably should feel something if you're yeah. killing people.
1: Well, If you have any measure, I would say if you have any measure of IQ. So either either you're hyper intelligent and you're a sociopath, yeah, and you just don't care, right? And you're just there to bludgeon someone, Mm -hmm. or you you just you just you know have you're just basically operating on the on the reptilian side of your brain where you're not factoring in the rest of that stuff. It's just like you know what I mean. And there there are guys that for whatever reason either they're just not that intelligent or they can they can shut it down. You know what I mean? They can they can like just, you know, turn off the whole frontal lobe and exist somewhere back here in the back and and truthfully, like not feel that pressure. But I think I, I still say, again, being in the business and talking to some of the most experienced guys, it's like if you, if you say that you feel nothing, you have no, you're not at all anxious, it, it, you're telling yourself a lie. Mm-hmm. That's your coping mechanism to say, oh, no, I'm fine. Because I've been there. I've been like, no, dude, I'm totally, cool. Yeah. Totally cool. Right? Yeah. Self, I'm cool. We're cool. Yeah, we're cool. Well, why is your fucking heart beating, mm-hmm. you know, and 150 while you're sitting down? Because mm-hmm. you're not cool. And so again, it's it's been this weird path of discovery of like, you know, swinging from one end of the pendulum to the other where it's like, dude, I got to be super hype. I got to be fucking, you know what I mean? I'm going to go snort some, you know, pre-workout. And, uh, well, guess what? That doesn't work. Okay, you know what? I, I just got to get pissed. Gonna be fucking angry. That's the problem. It's not an energy. It's anger. Anger is gonna see me through. No, nope, that doesn't work. Do you know what, dude? I gotta be chill. I just gotta be super fucking chill. Nothing bad. <laughs> wrong. You know what I mean? And 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 the other thing is, every fight is different. And so the 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 thing that I love that has always kept me coming back is like just when you have it figured out, the circumstances change, your life changes, your your opponent, you know what I mean, the the venue, every all these all these factors are different. And so now that that formula that you had figured out on the last fight doesn't apply, you know what I mean? Input is not the same output. So now you've got to figure out like, oh shit, how do I how do I get in that? in that place again. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that is mo- the most challenging, the most rewarding and the most like frustrating aspect of fighting. And, and there are guys that just inherently seem to be able to do that. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think that anyone has it is perfected it. You know what I mean? Sure. No one, because everyone has bad nights. You know what I mean? It happens. To the best Na- them. Name a fighter. Yeah. Connor just had a bad night. He had a shitty night. Yeah. Even even Khabib, I mean he's undefeated but he's had bad he's had nights. Rough nights. For you him. know what I mean? Yeah. Like he won, but he you know there there's been times where he's performed at his peak and times where it, not so much. It's just been like <laughs> fortunately for him even at at you know 70, 60, 50 whatever percent ass, yeah. was still good enough to get the job done, right? Yeah. And we should all hope to be that that talented and skilled someday. But but the point is like anyone who says otherwise they like they when they've got it all figured out, they don't have bad days you're you're full of shit, yeah, you're lying, you know what I mean, and so accepting that that we that you know accepting that like okay, man, I'm not gonna try and kid myself, I'm not gonna try i'm gonna okay, this is where I'm at right now, where do I wanna be mentally going into this, and how do I get there right, okay, well, I should. Let me breathe a little bit okay cool maybe I should listen you know, whatever whatever that is right you start and then you start troubleshooting to figure it out and get back to that center and when you realize you're you're aware enough that when you get out you bring it back mm-hmm. you know
0: well I dig all of it man it's a it's a cool journey the whole life I'm I'm curious to see where it all goes, dude. I you know, I know we went, we to, got
1: we got super super like existential there, and and I, that probably wasn't wasn't the no, direction no. we were gonna take. I'm, but I'm
0: fascinated by just interesting life stories, people who have done shit that's outside of sitting behind a desk for yeah. eight hours a day, and people who make shit and leather and all this stuff. And so, like, I'm fascinated by it. I, I could talk about this shit all day. Yeah. But you well,
1: know. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate that, and and you know, for me, like, I. I don't know when I decided, but it's like, man, I I want to do as much rad shit as I possibly can, whatever that is. Yeah. It's like, what's the raddest shit I can do in this moment, and then and then and and not <laughs> overthink it too much, for good mm-hmm. or for bad, you know. And that's led me to do some dumbass stuff that I probably shouldn't have. Yeah, sure. But you know, saying yes to these opportunities more often than no has allowed me to do, you know, a lot of really cool stuff that you know i apparently like some people find interesting and and for me like i find interesting it, you know it's interesting to me which mm-hmm. is why i do it yeah. it's like hey let's let's see what happens you know where can people find the show so the show is on discovery go so there's a online app you can watch it um discovery go if you go to discoverychannel.com and you type in ultimate ninja challenge it'll pull up the app and you can you know, watch it from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out. I think it's like nine or ten uh episodes. And it I, I think I think it's pretty cool. You know, I, I think seeing the way everything played out. I mean, it, it's cool from a like, hey, you get a, the historical ninja component mm-hmm. if you're interested in that. It's cool because hey, you get to see people, you know, getting getting tortured uh <laughs> and suffering. You know, at the hands of Mother Nature, mm-hmm. there's outdoor wilderness. It's beautiful, like the cinematography. I mean, oh, British, yeah. if you've never been to British Columbia, yeah. it is gorgeous up there. You know, it was hard to appreciate it when you're starving and you're freezing, but watching it, I was like, man, it was beautiful yeah, uh-huh. out there. So, so that's cool. You can check that out. Um, if you same thing, uh, for, for uh, Savage, Savage Gentlemen. Um, you can check us out at SavageGentlemen.com. Um, we also it's have .dot net no.
0: Goodhunya. Yeah. Dot org.
1: Nope. Dot, no, we, we dot info. The, we got the real. We got the real deal. Dot man. com. Yeah. We got the, we Savage. Gentleman.
0: Important. Yes. A versus um, an e.
1: Yes. Uh, dot com. We got a lot of cool stuff in the works. We didn't even. Man, we didn't even get into all the other. Dude, we could go for another hour. Oh, I we'll got do so a sequel. Much shit. I sequel. Got, we got. Well, hopefully the stuff that I'm brainstorming. Um, will be will be actually have come to fruition sweet um i'll leave you with this league of savage gentlemen should be a movie
0: should be a fucking movie or a netflix original <laughs> series <laughs>
1: so so that that's something that's coming down the pipeline but yeah you can check us out uh savage com. you can find me at josh tyler m and May on all social media instagram twitter
0: linkedin Facebook. Don't do LinkedIn. Fuck. Does anyone other than lawyers do LinkedIn? I, I think
1: like super businessy people do, but that's not technically my...
0: I'm in business and I'm like yeah. You're the, a freaking you're... get the fuck out of here with your LinkedIn invite <laughs> that I've been getting for the last twelve I, years.
1: I don't. I don't understand. I don't know if that means I'm too old or I'm too young. I don't understand. I think
0: we're actually too cool to that be on is? LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not Nerds. like super lame with a suit and tie, <laughs> get the fuck out of here with your LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, whatever. And MySpace, my sp- you know, MySpace,
1: good old days. Well, that's not... Good old yeah. days. How about AOL Instant Messenger?
0: I t- yeah, I've had many a conversation on, on some IM back in the day. But, man, I almost
1: got I almost got a few chicks pregnant through AIM. Dude, AIM was through. The, no, no, but through the computer itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just transmit sperm yeah, as through a, the computer. As a, as, a, as a wily young teenager... Oh, you figure it out. Man, there was... The original
0: I'm, DM. It's the original. Dude, it's going down in the DM. That was Amy.
1: That was it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I was before the age of like cell phone cameras and, and you know, Tinder. And, it's just the and, blackmail and, era. It's like all dude, you, idi- so all you
0: idiots sending dick pics. Do you understand what happens the first time these girls get mad at you? You fucking idiot. Like that shit is going all over the yeah, place. I, I, it, it blows me away, man. I don't know. And they're going to, and I guarantee someone has been, of course, this is somehow how we end a podcast, but some vindictive girl has probably created an app to like shrink dick sizes on <laughs> dick pics. It's called so, Photoshop. Yeah. I mean, imagine <laughs> the damage that you can
1: do. So now they're Here. sending out
0: your dick pic, and it's like, oh, he's got a fucking nut, and they're sending it out to all their girlfriends, and they're all making here's, fun of you.
1: Here's, here's another one fake accounts. So <laughs> who's to say? Let me, let me just let me just throw this out there. Who's to say that this chick who's sending you and communicating with you and giving you photos, yep. who's to say that those aren't photos that are stole, stolen from another profile that have been amassed? Many a time. Right? And now, and then you're playing the back and forth game, right? And you're sending stuff. And now who's to say that that isn't getting compiled to then being recycled and sent to someone else's? Yep. And Bruno's on
0: the other end of the phone, just like these... Fucking idiots. Dumbasses. Sending me this shit. Yeah. And it's all over like the Czech Republic fucking uh-huh. Snapchat. It's a, it's a wrap. Yeah. Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, moral of the story, don't send dick pics. No, no. Don't send them. Don't send them to... Just don't send them. Just don't. Just them. don't. Be, be no smarter than No one wants to see your that. dick. It's the moral of the episode is... It's the gentleman side. Yes. Savage is the woman who manipulates it. The gentleman is the guy, he's just trying to make a good impression. I said a dick pic, just trying to be a gentleman. It's whatever. (laughs) The whole thing's a shit show. It's devolved into a late night here in the studio. (laughs) Thanks for watching.